Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome into it Monday here. Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal in his bro tank. You need to wear that uh, outdoors, not indoors. Man, I, I need shades. You are all sorts of pasty, brother. <laughs> well, it's, it's a white basketball jersey. Let's get it right, not the bro tank. I wouldn't wear a bro tank to work. <laughs> oh, but you're wearing a <laughs> basketball jersey. The, the game Wonderful. went to overtime. I didn't have time to change. That's you know fine. Did you win is the question. Yeah. In overtime. Overtime. Big win over the Jazz. Donovan Mitchell had uh, 57 points, but the Nuggets still got it done. So Man. Yeah, that was on earlier today, and my brother's a, a Denver fan. and he, You have to go back to the Robert Pack era and the Kambi Mutombo time. That's what got my brother hooked on uh, the the Nuggets. That's a long time ago, man. But it Denver's fun, man, and they got some ballers. They're a, they're a fun team to watch. I may tune in as the playoffs progress. We're just going to title today as the Big Ten burns instead of as the world turns. It's it's a new day. It's a week later, and uh, the Big Ten is a bigger seventeen car pileup than what we thought what type of communications going on you have differing reports you have the medical situation we'll try and sort it out we'll get some recruiting as well a good and a bad for nebraska over the weekend with uh grimes committing the uh, athlete and talent out of florida one of our favorites will Schweitzer, decommitting from nebraska and uh, cheering for old Notre Dame. So, Greg Smith's with us in 15 minutes. Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, will join us in one hour. And we'll get caught up with Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker NFL, or get his take on things. You're welcome to chime in. Numbers to dial up 466-3776-800-825-5865. Those are the numbers. Can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Give us a follow on Twitter and find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio for Chris Schmidt at uh, Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Okay, so you've got Adam Rittenberg tweeting out that Penn State's athletic director uh, revealing, look, it was unclear to me whether or not a vote happened. No one told me there was a vote. I just don't know whether... Uh, there were actually uh, a vote by the chancellors and presidents. You have Minnesota's president uh, speaking up a little bit earlier today. And it is as much as Nebraska took some heat Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday of last week till Urban Meyer kind of stepped in and things have gone 180 back the other way. It shifted from Nebraska. Now, deservedly so, Nebraska getting some pats on the back for speaking up. And now the 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 frustration and venom venom at, at Commissioner Kevin Warren, and that's been building for a week. You've got Minnesota President Joan Gable said last week she wouldn't call it a vote to cancel the season. It was a deliberative process where we came to a decision together and supported decision to postpone the season. So. 
listen, you've got this vote going on, or non-vote, and what what was the real number? What was what was the the, the count? What was the yay or nay? Even though it's air quote not a vote, and it was twelve to two a week ago Sunday night, where it's just Nebraska and Iowa. And then you have some info that's out there that says, well, it was eight to six. Did, did, did Commissioner Warren just go on his own with this thing based on feedback? And here's the question we're all asking today. Can football still be played? Could Commissioner Warren come to his senses and say, you know what? I've listened. And... There's still time to go play ball. I mean, that's that's a that's a crazy hope in the sky. It, it is, and I and I hope that that you're telling me a chance, dumb and dumber moment actually happens. I hope there's still a, a shot, a chance for football. If you're Scott Frost, you got to talk to your guys about being ready. Stick with the 20, 20 hours a week workout process. All right, stay committed. Don't run a foul. Sure as hell, don't go to Chapel Hill <laughs> with uh, that 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 dumpster fire going on with positive cases and positivity rate and, and college kids. Uh, hey, we're back at school. Let's go throw seventy cocktails down and breathe heavily on one another and transmit COVID because we're all asymptomatic. Listen, there there's a there's a way for Commissioner Warren to speak up and, and answer questions and come forth with data. Now, you, you have one Big 12 medical expert that was the man that the Big 12 tapped and asked question after question about mitocarditis, about the heart issue, that ailment. He spoke up. I'll let Elijah jump in on that in a second with kind of his Q&A with The Athletic. But there's a way here to not be MIA, All right. There's been many media folks requesting commentary on Justin Fields. They're requesting commentary on your reaction, Commissioner Warren, to Iowa parents, two of which that are medical doctors. There's questions out there, Commissioner Warren. There's 81 Nebraska football parents. There's Penn State parents. There's Ohio State parents. There's Michigan parents. All these ball clubs that want to play and that have done a wonderful job of, 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 of handling, if there is such a thing, handling COVID in the name of playing ball, they've been responsible. You owe them an answer, not a sit down with Yahoo, not the worst interview I've seen of a figure that leads a high level sporting group. But you need to come back to the microphone and TV, show what data you went off of, because there's Michigan doctors saying BS. There's a British medical expert saying BS. Your numbers are screwed up. Say, I'm the commissioner. This is my decision. Screw off. Whatever, however you want to deliver the message. But you need to respond because... This started as a little bit of smoke, and now it's an A&M bonfire, all right, with all sorts of folks from all different corners of football 
and parents and coaches and athletic directors and presidents asking for clarification. Give us a reason. You were on the forefront. You were cutting edge. I think one of the best things you've done when it came to the student-athlete group that was trying to mobilize with demands from a health and safety standpoint from the Big Ten, far different from the Pac-12, mind you, when it came, when it came to demands. It was about health and safety and testing. It wasn't about, well, let's get us our 15 to 20% chipped off. It wasn't financial. It was health and safety. You met on a Monday and Tuesday using Zoom with a member of everybody's football team. And you also met with another student athlete and you listened and you talked and you communicated something you're not doing and you haven't done since you pulled the plug on this thing. And you clearly haven't communicated to the presidents or the, uh, the athletic directors. And maybe, maybe, maybe there's two or three people that, that Warren has to listen to, to keep his job. And if that's the case, That's the case. We all have bosses. There's a lot of decisions people may not like, but if your boss makes the decision and you want to keep working, you're going to follow the directions, right? Listen again. Reach back out to fields. Meet. Zoom meet. I don't care what you call it, but listen to these athletes again like you did two and a half weeks ago. Hear them out. But give us some transparency and give us some communication. You're failing on both fronts. This may not matter because if North Carolina, they are switching to all online courses as of Wednesday because of their COVID numbers and how rabid and infectious it's been at Chapel Hill. That's one big time ACC school. You're going to see the dominoes start to fall, I think, based on the kids returning to school. And you're going to have a lot of college campuses just go online only. Or there's that threat based on what North Carolina's done. If that happens, then you're not going to get football. And I'm sorry, but I don't... If it comes down to spring to have football or no football till next fall, as much as I want football, it's garbage to ask these kids to go play ball in the spring and then reset for fall. If we're going to keep this masquerade of health and safety going it's not healthy nor is it safe for kids to try and slam 20 games into two into one year or just shy of 20 games but i don't know i i I would like to see him raise his head and stand up and step up and answer some of these questions about the parents about the medical information about the reaction and give us a look behind the curtain. You wouldn't answer that question a week ago with with, uh, Revson as far as was it unanimous or not. Well, we're really not going to talk about that. Just just let us know. And you're the boss, man. You're the commissioner. What you you say goes, okay? But it's okay. You're not being questioned. Well, you're really being questioned now because of that lack of transparency. But you can just lay it out. So here's my decision beyond the health and safety. Kids want to know why. And that's different than when I grow up. I didn't ask him, hey, go mow the yard. Why? Smack. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was, yes, sir. Do you want the, the hedges trimmed too? <laughs> Kids want to know why. And it's just something that's evolved and it's part of the world. And you, you got to tell your kids, the, the, you got to give them the why. You do. Coaches got to give kids the why. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, a kid wouldn't dream after two practices of stomping into his coach's room and saying, why am I not playing and not getting 15 touches a game? That's probably happening in 80% of the college football offices with some skill uh, divas, okay? Kids got to know why. They got to believe your why. And then they'll be happy or they'll deal with it. They may not be happy, but they'll deal with it. You deserve to, to tell Justin Fields and the thousands of people who've signed this petition why and how you got to where your decision was a week later. Staying silent and giving no comment is not how you go about this. Yeah, and it's just, I don't, it, it, uh, I want to find the way to phrase my words correctly here. Uh, just throw a grenade, it's okay. I mean, it's, it's, it comes down to me to the college campuses opening. Is If you're going to have the kids on campus, why can't you play football? And I get the whole myocarditis issue, but that, that athletic that sh- article... That shouldn't be the reason you punt it. It shouldn't, no. And, because and, you're, and, you're evaluating these guys. Hmm. And, and that's what this, uh, this article is a cardiologist with the Mayo Clinic. Hmm. He had a little Q&A. He says, I don't believe that this should be an issue which is holding back the college football season. And he's not a football guy. He's not, he's a, football not guy. a fan. But he says this is an issue where if the guy's got COVID, you can monitor his heart and make sure his heart is healthy. Like it's not the, the issue is the asymptomatic people who are getting it, uh, and that's kind of what the the report that the Big Ten apparently based its facts mm-hmm. off of. Uh, that's what they ended the season on. Uh, that study was based on people with a median age of fifty with a variety of pre-existing health conditions, and of those people, uh, less than twenty percent were asymptomatic, which is kind of where the the danger is, and. It, it it doesn't seem to be relevant to eighteen to twenty four year olds who are playing college football. The the question is. Does it become a a long-term health issue? What was the number? Like 10 or 15 kids across the Big Ten, once they had COVID or were being examined, they they looked at their symptoms and cases, and then they saw the myocarditis situation like the Indiana player. Mm -hmm. Now, the the fear and immediate knee-jerk is, Oh man, if it's if it's ten or fifteen kids, how many how many more kids are going to get this? And that that's totally fair. I think the scarier factor is these kids could still get COVID, get myocarditis, and you're lying to yourself. If you think these players aren't going to be working out hard during this fall whenever that there's no football? They're going to use what? this as a chance to get some, better. It, some, they're still at risk. Some dude shows up to English 101 today in Chapel Hill. Guess what he's walking out with? COVID, COVID, and myocarditis. And, 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 he, and he could just be a, a, a normal student. Yeah, and, and I mean, when it comes to these football players, you're not protecting them by not having them play college football. The only thing that's going to stop for them is these the team practices. They're going to be limited down. They're not playing games, but the danger is still there. So if that's the reason for canceling this season, it makes no sense to me. We'll have some commentary from uh, standout quarterback Tanner Morgan. He actually has kind of gone against the outcry and is thanking the the brass at Minnesota for for stopping the season because of of health and safety. So we'll here's some comments there. Morgan's also a guy that his his dad went through 
I think it was brain cancer, something pretty hellish. So medical safety and symptoms are pretty near and dear to his heart. Uh, His exact quote, the Big Ten, what they thought was best for player health and safety. I commend them for being the conference that actually put player health and safety first. You'll hear that. More uh, fire from Feinbaum on the Big Ten. Justin Fields, his comments. Greg Smith's next on Hale Varsity. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for hanging out. Some recruiting thoughts. Greg Smith is with us. Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Follow Greg on Twitter, at Greg Smith HV, read him, HaleVarsity.com and magazine. Well, Mr. Greg, the good and the bad of the weekend of recruiting. And I'm going to start with the old bad news. And one of our favorites, Will Schweitzer, outside linebacker out of Los Gatos, said, you know what, I'm going to go to Notre Dame, baby. And uh, very heartfelt thank you to Nebraska. And he's excited to head off to uh, to Notre Dame. It's a position Nebraska needs to get some some dudes in at outside linebacker. What's your assessment of losing Schweitzer? Is that door completely shut? Will Nebraska stick after him despite his uh, decommitment and commitment to Notre Dame? And give me some names for Nebraska as far as outside linebacker because that's still a position to need. Yeah, I think I had, yeah, it, it's tough news. I, I think that Will was was a really good pull out of California. It was surprising when it happened um, because he wasn't. He had been on the radar, but he hadn't visited Nebraska like on an official, obviously or unofficial visit. Even he had taken a visit out here with his family, um, and, and so it, it was an interesting pull. You, you and I have talked about this a bunch. Like we really liked him um, and thought that his versatility and his motor um, and his brain was exactly what Nebraska needed at that outside linebacker position. He was going to have to bulk up, but he had some really good tools to work with. Um, I do not think that Nebraska is going to continue pursuing him, um, and mostly in part because I think that Notre Dame was like the big offer that he was waiting on. Um, It kind of came out that he was kind of – that offer had not come yet. It came here recently. He did not publicize it, actually, out of respect to Nebraska. Um, And then he and his family kind of took a a kind of a secret, super unofficial visit to South Bend um, where he got to just kind of see campus and kind of do what he did here at Lincoln. Um, and then he ended up in their class. So it, it, it Nebraska was, was that Nebraska is number two? Is that fair to say? If, if Notre Dame was the one he's waiting for his entire football life? Yeah, I, I would say so. And remember, that when you talked to him, and again, his, maybe his coach as well, you know, yeah. they, they talked about Will being from kind of all over, right? He had grown mm-hmm. up, some, spent some time in Chicago, spent some time overseas. Um, so he has not only lived in California, so I think that he had some ties to Notre Dame as well. Um, so that was a school that he kind of grew up watching, too. Um, so that, that was definitely one of those offers. And just about every kid has that situation. That, that is not unique. Um, a lot of times it just kind of shifts and changes as you actually go through the recruiting process yourself. It's not often that you actually get that offer from the school that you grew up watching. Um, so it was just kind of a unique situation there. Um, but yeah, I would say Nebraska is probably the number two school for him. Uh, but I don't think it'll matter at this point. I think that Nebraska will end up moving on. It feels like a big loss at the outside linebacker position, but has Nebraska been continuing to recruit other outside linebackers? And, and who could come in and fill this gap that's been left by Schweitzer? 
Yeah, I, I think at this point it's really interesting uh, because you had the kid Christian Burkhalter that went out to Oregon and Nebraska was really on, um, and then he Oregon kind of swooped in in the last moment. I think that that's one that if you want to talk about ones that committed that Nebraska will stay on, I think that Burkhalter is definitely one of those types of guys, especially if you ever end up getting um, visits to open back up and on-campus recruiting to happen again. Um, I think there's a kid in New Jersey, Mikhail Gaber, um, who's a name to watch. There's a kid who's escaping me in Minnesota, um, who's emerging as a prospect as well. I think that there are guys um, to look out for, but one of the more intriguing things I think that will happen here is that Nebraska's inside linebackers that they have in this class, so Seth Malcolm, Randolph Pye, um, and they still have Patrick Payton um, in the class at outside linebacker. Those two guys at inside also have some position flexibility to slide outside as well. Um, so Nebraska has options if they still want to keep adding inside guys and flip some of those guys to outside, um, but they're going to have to do some work here because there's not as many household names, um, at least so far to us, that are still out there on the board outside of Terrence Lewis, who everybody's still chasing. Well, give me an, a Terrence Lewis update because I know he had some reaction to Thomas Fedone's announcement uh, over the, you know, towards the end of last week with his commitment date coming up here the 26th. Yeah, the thing is, well, there's a couple things. One, everyone's going to be kind of paying attention to the Thomas Fidoni thing just because he's that big of a deal of a recruit. Um, so even when you have a five-star linebacker from Florida, that kind of tells you the pull of Fidoni um, when that kid is aware of Thomas Fidoni out in Council Bluffs, Iowa, right? Um, but Terrence Lewis is a kid that, listen, he keeps saying that he's committed to Tennessee. I'm going to try and, as they say, respect his wishes. Um, but no schools are going to stop recruiting him at this point. Um, and he, you know, has not. it's not really been a secret that he's showing love to Nebraska on social media and that Nebraska's recruits also continue um, to recruit him. So as long as all of that's still happening, I still think the door is open. Um, that's one, though, that Nebraska will definitely have to get him on campus at some point um, to really have a chance of flipping him and having, having it stick. Um, because I think it's a multi-part thing there. Even if he flipped to Nebraska, I think that you still have to be concerned um, about it sticking all the way through the, the signing day. Uh, so they'll continue to work on Terrence Lewis. This is in, in, in poor taste, but I mean, if he does, if Terrence Lewis eventually ends up at Nebraska, you can always pull the quarantine card, can't you? Yeah, <laughs> you, you can always try that um, and hey, see how that would go. Son, you're not sick or anything, but we just think, you know, you're not, you might need to quarantine for about four months. <laughs> <laughs> just, hey, buddy, hey, you got to use all the tools that you're <laughs> Just stick and stay. All right, so give me a thought here on uh, on Grimes, the the athlete, the whiteout. This guy looks effortless. I mean, he is a glider. He's big. He's physical. Plays about everywhere on the field. And and I know Nebraska beat out some names for him. Greg, are you kind of shocked at this commitment here from Camonte Grimes, or did you think this was coming down the pike? So I, I, I did not think that it was coming now. Um, I thought Nebraska was in the hunt for him, so it wasn't totally shocking that he committed to Nebraska. Um, I just didn't think that he was making a decision anytime soon. I know Nebraska um, and Travis Fisher, of course, these are Florida recruits, mm-hmm. recruiting him hard. Matt Lubick made a, a good impression here. Scott Frost um, and what they're doing on offense also made a nice impression. But I think you notice, and a lot of people notice the same thing watching him on film as you see him in A. He's well put together um, at about 6'2", 200. Um, so he's not coming in really needing to bulk up significantly before 
before you think he can get on the field, which is also a great sign uh, coming to the Big Ten. Um, but you look and you're like, oh, he's going to be a little slow. And then you realize that he's running away from everybody in these videos um, in the state of Florida. So that's always a good sign. Um, and the kid's kind of a Swiss Army knife out there on the field. And I know that Nebraska's kind of pitching him to be able to play a little bit of everywhere on that offense, outside receiver, slot receiver, even in the backfield. Um, I think he's a good pickup for Nebraska. Yeah, he's listed as an athlete on his 24-7 page and on his rivals page, um, but you're thinking Nebraska likes him as a receiver? I mean, I look at him and I could even see some defensive tendencies within him in, in his build. No, they, they've got him as a receiver. He'll be coming in to play receiver. I think that the, his, the, the big reason that he was excited about Nebraska, um, outside of kind of the academics and the relationships that he built, was what Scott Frost and that staff have been pitching him about being able to line up a little bit of everywhere. Um, he mentioned kind of like a, a little bit of DeAnthony Thomas, but also a little bit like Wandale. Um, like I, I think that he wants to play everywhere all over the place on that offense. Greg, with his film, I mean, it was pretty – incredible how they just go downtown run fast and straight and just blow by somebody at at six three two hundred pounds and take a hit maybe and then find your way to the end zone but he was so good in traffic i mean he he was so good up the seam and they also lined him up outside greg he's one of these guys and i know college is way different big 10 is way different than high school ball but he, he seems uh, at, at a little further ahead starting point just with his skill set and, and his versatility in the reception side of things where he can be in the slot or be outside. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that one of the things you kind of continue to look and study the film, some of the other clips that he's put out, he's got really good footwork, uh, route running, and body control also. Which when, And that's why I think when you get to, to – advanced, more advanced wide receivers coming out of high school, they're a little bit more polished. Those are the traits that, that you're really looking for uh, because that can really translate for you. Like you, Picking up the offense will come in time, but having that type of body control and footwork uh, will really help you get on the field early on. Greg, a uh, quick thought here, and I want to go to, to the ACC. What's your reaction to uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina deciding to go online as of Wednesday, they've only been open a week. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be the challenge, right, for all of the conferences, um, the three that, that are pushing along, or the three major ones that are pushing along here, is that as you have college students come back to campus, it, you're not going to stop them from being college kids. It's just not going to happen. Um, and honestly, the best path forward for any leagues looking to play is essentially to do, I guess, what North Carolina is now planning to do, which is have their um, classes be all remote or all online, and, and then kind of keep the football team in a bubble, um, but then you're going to run into issues of the whole amateurism and all of that. I mm-hmm. mean, we, people have been going to court for years to challenge the amateurism aspect of everything um, and to really say that, hey, these guys are student-athletes, but they're really actually special because we're going to keep them in a bubble because they make so much money for the university. Um, that's going to open up an entirely different can of worms that most of these schools really don't want to go down that path. Gray, I got a, I got a question, and, and maybe you have, and I got about a minute and a half. Maybe you haven't seen the 
headline from the Daily Tar Heel. <laughs> but have you ever had a headline like that shot down by Vogue's or Aaron? <laughs> uh, no. You know, they give me a lot of freedom. Um, <laughs> so Dr. and I joke, they give us too much freedom. Uh, so, no, I have not had that happen to me yet. But maybe I should push the envelope even further and see where that goes if I get a stern talking. The, the, the next story headline from Greg Smith, Cluster Believe. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be something. Oh, well, I appreciate the Daily Tar Heel. <laughs> Greg, I don't think we can let you get out of here, though. We've got about a minute left without a little bit of Fedoni watch. He set a commitment date. Looks like nine days from today. Is Nebraska still in pole position? I would say that Nebraska is still in pole position. Um, the only thing that I would caution people with, um, and don't get too upset by this, is when you have a, a prospect that's highly rated as Thomas Fedoni um, and you feel really good about him, you cross all the T's, dot all the I's, make sure it happens uh, before you count the chickens because weird things happen with recruitments like this. But I do think that Nebraska is in the pole position still. Right. And vicinity is the deal here. The peer recruiting has been incredible. He may just really love wanting to go to LSU, too, right? I mean, right. that's all there is but it's to also it. A, it's, it's also a situation where, remember, Nebraska has been on him longer than anybody. Nebraska really in Iowa. Um, and Nebraska has been hosting him for about two years now on campus. So they, they were way ahead on this. LSU, Michigan, Notre Dame, some of these other schools were, were a little late mm-hmm. uh, to the party. And I think those relationships will come through in the end. Greg Smith, read him, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Follow him at Greg Smith HV on Twitter's where you do it. Greg's going to throw his Laker jersey on and get into some NBA. Greg, you take care. Good stuff. Thanks for a few minutes today. Hey, thanks as always. Start the drive for 17 tomorrow. All right. There he is. Greg Smith with us. We'll uh, hear from uh, Justin Fields, from Paul Feinbaum, and what's going on around the Big Ten. More on the way. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. We'll get Elijah Herbal's preview of the NBA playoffs here before we say goodbye at six. Charlie McBride's 20 minutes away. Jay Moore is coming up in the five o'clock hour. 466 3776 800 825 5865. A reminder one out of three fatal crashes involves impaired drivers. Driving drunk, buzzed or high, never acceptable, and law enforcement officers working around the clock to stop that uh, from happening with sobriety. Checkpoints and saturation pr- uh, patrols. Now, as a driver, make that correct choice. A non-alcoholic drink. Have a pre-selected designated driver. Be smart. Start the conversation. Who's driving at home? Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So let's uh, get some thoughts here. First, we have the, the, the Tanner Morgan. Audio. I have the full one, yeah. Okay, we'll uh, we'll get the, the the full Tanner Morgan audio right here, and and this is the Minnesota quarterback coming out in favor of the season being canceled, and uh, his thoughts on that. All you've heard, and we'll hear from Justin Fields in a second, is this outcry of "Give us some transparency, give us give us the reason why," other than you said so. Or some some shoddy medical damage uh, on heart issues. Uh, there's not that there's not studies out there that show COVID and heart issues. There are, but let's let's get the the appropriate and the the accurate numbers because that's the thing. And we'll, we'll have Rob Zaniska on tomorrow 
and he's uh, he's a doctor. I mean, guy's smart. He's a hell of a football player, and he's smart. We'll get his take on the whole heart safety issue coming up. But here is uh, Tanner Morgan, the Minnesota quarterback. See, my first reaction, and, and Coach talked about this the other day with our guys. I, I mean, obviously, I was a little sad because um, I wanted to play football. It's what I love to do. It's what I've done since I was six years old, you know, football in the fall. That's just what I've been accustomed to. And there's been a lot of things in my life that haven't been, you know, very certainties uh, in the past couple of months. But, you know, obviously, like, uh, I was a little sad because I wanted to play football. But at the end of the day, um, you know, coach did a great job of, you know, being able to, to talk about that. But I knew Kevin Warren, uh, Mark Coyle, uh, President Gable, you know, everybody involved uh, from our side at the University of Minnesota in the Big Ten, they did what, uh, what was right, what they thought was right for player health and safety and staff health and safety. You know, at the end of the day, like football, we wouldn't be here if we didn't love to play football. We wouldn't be uh, in the Big Ten in a prestigious uh, conference. Uh, but the Big Ten did uh, what they thought what was what was best uh, for player health and safety. And I commend them for, for being, you know, the conference that actually put, um, you know, they put uh, player health and safety first. Like they've said all along, it's, it's, it's always been about player health and safety, making sure uh, that, that we can do this. And, and we put, obviously, there's a lot of protocols in place that, that we followed and did everything the right way. Um, but I know this, now we just have to worry about now how we're going to get better tomorrow uh, at practice and, and film room and, and obviously our shorter schedule, not in training camp anymore. But, uh, you know, we just have to worry about now, uh, respond uh, to what the future may hold. Uh, come whatever, but we're worried about today, we're worried about now, uh, and just find a way to change our best tomorrow. Okay, so that's one voice, and uh, not necessarily the most popular voice, but a really respected voice. I mean, this is a guy that was really good last year in the Big Ten, from a program that went 11-2 and two and finished in the top ten. And I think what, what Morgan's saying here, and I, whether you... you and I don't think many of you agree with Commissioner Warren's decision. I don't, you don't, we're, we're ticked off about it. And if you do, that's, that's totally your prerogative. You're not going to get crucified for that point of view here. But what Morgan said is, look, that guy may had, had to make like the, the worst decision ever. And in the name of health and safety is, is why he did it. And I, I believe that, that, I, I guess I hope that's the main reason. But there's a lot of perception. Let's, let's puff out our chest, too. What Morgan said in this little statement in front of the media, the Big Ten wants everybody to know that they were the first to care about their athletes. They were the first to make the decision. They were the first to go to a conference-only game schedule. There's a lot of that vanity that's very real. You can still be one of the X number of conferences that decides football can happen with COVID. But damn it, it's important to the Big Ten to bump into somebody at the cocktail party and say, hey, man, we're the first ones to care about your health and safety. Look at all the research dollars. I mean, that, that's big to them. It is. That's what it is. It's country club, man. Country clubs are really cool. Don't get me wrong. But that's that's what right now somebody's smiling in the Big Ten office because 
Well, I mean, they were the first to really care about our health and safety. Part of this is vanity, is what it is. Let's hear from Justin Fields. He was on a Columbus radio station and explained why he put a petition forward, specifically, you know, the the swell, the groundswell of of this movement that well over 200,000 signatures. It's a little movement by a bunch of uh, college football players. So I talked to Trevor uh, not too long ago, Trevor Lawrence, about this movement. And uh, it, was, it was really just a movement we wanted to get behind and uh, just kind of just get a kind of college football unified and kind of just get a big movement going. So, you know, we, we just have one voice and, and we have one, I guess, name, sort of say. So we, we just kind of wanted to come together and just, just have a voice so we would uh, sort of the people who are making decisions can hear our voice and we can, um, I guess, talk to them and communicate with, the, with them. So you've got a, a college kid that's doing more communicating now than the Big Ten commissioner. More from Justin Fields. Really just, just my love for the game, my love for college football, and my love for my teammates in, in Ohio State. I, I, I've seen the guys, like I said, battle back from injuries. And um, I've seen how hard our coaches have fought for us to, to play. So really just for them and um, just my love for the game. So he's doing this because he loves football. Heather Denich, ESPN reporter. Her reaction, she's been in contact with different groups of parents. You've got parents from Iowa, parents from Nebraska. Uh, Coach Snodgrass and, and his wife speaking up for the student-athlete at Nebraska to the Big Ten brass uh, 81 different Nebraska parents coming forward for their kids. Penn State uh, also, uh, along with the Ohio State. And here's Heather Denich uh, as to the reason why there's so much outrage from these groups of parents in the Big Ten. I just hung up with Chris O'Shaughnessy, an Ohio State parent whose son Michael is on the team. He helped draft the letter to Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren, and I think he summed up the frustration of parents. He said to me, if you tell us it's not safe for our kids, tell us why we want to know. He said, that's where I get mad. You know, parents are mad, and the national media that was attacking Scott Frost is now setting their sights on Commissioner Warren. Here's Paul Feinbaum. The momentum and and the motivation for some of the other conferences to play is even more today than it was three weeks ago. Yes, they realize the virus is out there, but if if the SEC can play while the Big Ten is home, that is a disaster from a recruiting standpoint for all of the schools in the Big Ten. That's a big-time worry if you get into it with coaches and ADs, health and safety, yes, but how levels the playing field. We'll wind down Hour 1 with Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. What final time this hour? Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Charlie McBride's going to be with us in 10 minutes. We'll get uh, Mr. Blackshirt's take on what a crazy week when we last talked to Chuck. Well, it wasn't a, a definite no. We just kind of got his reaction to, to what Scott Frost had to say. So it's it's been quite a week. It I feels can't believe like, that was only a week ago. But it feels like forever ago. Yeah, that Scott Frost press conference. I can't believe that was a week ago. Yeah. All the stuff that's gone down since then. Oh, it's incredible. How, I mean, how was that all packed into one week? It was exhausting. And we don't even play. 
I mean, it was, and I, I don't mean that to, to why. I mean, it was. It was exhausting. And this whole news cycle is not even over yet. No. And it's shifted. Shifted from Nebraska's, what do they think they are, to, ah, Nebraska kind of knows what the heck they're talking about. He went from what is Nebraska doing to what is Kevin Warren doing. Right. Well, and that's just it because you got the, the dude in charge that's not commented, hasn't responded to ADs, hasn't responded to the Minnesota president, hasn't responded to <laughs> the parents. Now, you can pick one of those groups to, to respond to, but you got to respond, man. Yeah, after that press conference, the Big Ten probably put a muzzle on him. <laughs> well, that that's... Yeah, keep him the hell away from anything that can record. I I get it, but that that's not it's not part of the job, man. Yeah, I'm that interview. I went back and listened to it again uh, oh. over the weekend. Poor Revson, and he's he's as good a dude as there is. Revson's Revson's a good dude, and Revson knows who he works for. Okay, I mean, and for him to to say what he had to say. And he was respectful, but he, he was just so frustrated because this is the platform. This is your own freaking league. And and you got nothing. You got nothing for me. Terrific. Uh, reminder about your friends at West Blue Realty. Are you moving? And maybe if Kevin Morn moves out of his office, uh, it's time to call someone that can find that home for you. Uh, West Blue Realty specializes in residential home sales for Lincoln and surrounding communities. You mentioned Hale Varsity, and then give you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Give Tom Luby a shout, 402-540-3768. Or how about Kelly Hofschneider? Kelly Hofschneider can help out. Give Kelly a ring at 402-202-2312 for more details. 1120 K Street, Suite 200. It pays to work with West Blue. Uh, we'll try and squeeze this in. Let's go to the phones. And uh, John's with us. John, go ahead. Got about a minute. Um, yeah, I just heard some stuff about that the Big Ten may be backtracking. There's so much uh, pushback on that. Do you think there's any chance there could still be a season? And if there is, wouldn't it be wise for Coach Frost to keep the players still in uh, shape? Yep, we, we hit on that about 30 minutes ago, but thanks for the call, oh, John. Yep. No, okay, no. Okay, so just quick, quick thing. Are, you, are they going to stay in shape, and could there be a chance we might, might have a season? I, I, I would like to think so. I doubt it, John. I don't, think they'll, I don't think he'll backtrack. He looks awful now. He'll look worse and indecisive and weak or weaker. That would make, he'd have to say I was wrong, and he's not going to do yeah, that. What game that. will you be announcing this weekend so I can listen to? Which game will you be announcing? I think Motsi's got the game Thursday. I don't have anything till next week. Okay, well, good luck, and thank you for keeping us informed. All right, there is. Yeah, we can all hope that we're going to get a a reprieve. I don't think it'll happen. Charlie McBride's on the way. We'll get his take coming up. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Into Hour 2 with Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And it's that time again. It's a Monday with Charlie, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. Coach, how was the weekend? Good. 
a lot of wind, but it was good. A lot of sailboats out, <laughs> tipping over. <laughs> yeah, I, I could imagine. I went sailing once as a kid, and it didn't tip over, but every three seconds it felt like it was gonna. So I guess I'm I'm too big a wuss to be a Kennedy. You know what I mean? As far as the sailing. <laughs> you mean you're living on the edge all the time in a sailboat? <laughs> uh, we are, and some of us are are are, are uh, bending over the edge to uh, to to let it fly, my man. <laughs> it just was wasn't a good thing. Well, you don't want to get in a what you call a, you know, a trapeze on one of those things, you know, and uh, where you're hanging out the side, put your foot on the edge, and just hang way out there and keep it from going over. I've done that trick before. Well, it's not. It, it it it's fun until you go over and usually hit the mast, you know, to hit the main sail mm-hmm. somewhere, and you look like you got uh, slashed or something. So <laughs> when it's really keeping so, with the, keeping with the uh, the high wire act and, and the dangers of sailing. Uh, no. What's the uh, what's the storm prediction like right now for the Big Ten? We talked a week ago. And there, oh there wasn't uh, any, any, uh, any definitive answer nor formal statement from the Big Ten. That changed on Tuesday. Coach, what's your reaction to Commissioner Warren in the Big Ten? Well, I said last week that he's new, and uh, of course, I there's a lot of there's a lot of words around here how great he is, but I think he wasn't prepared for this, and. Um, you know, it's something like you have these things are, are things that you learn from pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, no matter what the case is, it's, it's you know, anytime you start talking about dropping, you know, a team and, and costing a lot of money and things like that, it's kind of, you know, you have to really be careful because this thing may work out where you have the whole season. You know, you don't know. And I just think they pulled the plug too soon. That's personally what I think. I think they could have waited a little longer and, you know, really examined it a little more and maybe talked to some more people about it. But, you know, that's just what happens. And, I mean, I think everybody, you know, you know, got all worked up about it. I was, I was glad to see that Coach Myers came out and defended Day and, and Scott, yeah. for, you know, for saying what they – saying what they felt, you know, and, and, and for, for saying what the players thought. And of course, you know, the guy that, that receiver from Michigan who knows everything, he went off on Nebraska and, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't um, hear all of it, but I heard a few minutes of it and he just kept going and he wasn't going to let up. And then when he said that, you know, if we didn't like it in the conference, we could leave. And um, all I could think of right now, if I was the owner of that, that TV station, he may be looking for a job because you don't do that kind of stuff when you, you know, you, that's the one thing that you have to be careful of. And you do it, you know, you have to be careful mm-hmm. exactly, you know, how how you treat other people that are in your conference. I mean, you <laughs> You don't go off on somebody. I mean, or, or somebody would be looking for you, and he's going to do nothing to pay for it. 
I'm sure he got a few emails. And now he probably hates Nebraska people, which is probably good because he'll be on his toes when he's around. He was he was in town last year for the Ohio State game, part of game day, and I had a chance to meet Desmond because he's a big boxing fan, so he was down to see Bud, yeah. Bud Crawford fight at uh, mm-hmm. Pinnacle Bank. So just brief inter- encounter with him, and he was all right. But, yeah, he lost his mind last uh, last week. And, Coach, it's, it's funny how the narrative changes, isn't it? Because uh, Scott had his press conference Monday. Kevin Warren had his announcement Tuesday. Nebraska all down the line from chancellor to president to AD to coach said, you know, we we don't agree with this. <laughs> and then yeah. Wednesday and Thursday, everyone that uh, has a TV show or radio show that used to either play or go to school in the Big Ten got in line to put a bar of soap in a tube sock and swing away at Nebraska. Well, by Friday, Urban Meyer peeps up, and now everything's back on the commissioner. I mean, this thing's gone full circle. Yeah, well, you know, I think a little bit of it, it, it you know, not, I don't know the ins and outs of the whole deal, but, you know, when you when you just take one group of medical people and decide that you're going to make a decision on them and you don't talk to the medical people in different areas, you know, that the teams are, I think, mm-hmm. I'll talk to the coaches very much and, and I think that's where he was. I think his communication was was poor, and, and that's probably part of the problem, you know. And then, uh, of course, you know, uh, Delaney, who was the last commissioner, pretty good. He would have been on top of it at least. He he does confer with the coaches and the ads and all this stuff a lot before he ever comes mm-hmm. out and makes some kind of a decision. It's it's not all him making the decision. It's kind of a a quiet vote, you know, as it goes through, I think. And uh, I think that's the way he he kind of ran ran things. But it was, he was a little slower at doing this. And, uh, you know, they could get ready to play in two weeks. I mean, you know, as far as all the ins and outs of it and, and make a decision on the what, what they're having as far as people, no people, or none for at first, and maybe some as it goes on, but who knows, you know, and, and that's a hard thing to do, you, mm-hmm. you know, unless you get advice from a lot of a lot of corners. Charlie McBride's with us Mondays with Charlie Hale Varsity Radio. Well, even some of those in the Michigan medical community have come out and looked at, at the information they used and said it wasn't accurate. You've got presidents and athletic directors, Penn State and Minnesota, coming forward today saying we really didn't even have a vote. So it looks right. like a bigger you know mess right now. And coach, you've got Justin Fields uh, leading a petition to get to get the ability to play. And then you have you have just a bunch of, of players, parents right now that are sounding off. Do you think the commissioner could ever reevaluate in reverse course? I don't think he will because he already looks bad. This would make him look worse. But is it still possible? I don't, you know, I'll tell you, be honest with you. I, I, I think if he came out and said I made a mistake, he'd probably be, you know, he'd probably solve the whole, what, what are you going to say? I mean, I made a mistake. You know, I got judged judged it too fast, and uh, you know, whatever. 
but um, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, hey, I, I maybe may, may make the decision too quick. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, that's a possibility, you know, that he could just do that. But he's got a lot of people banging on him now. You know, I mean, when I know when uh, my, uh, Coach Myers came out and defended Scott and, and Coach Day, and they, and they uh, you know, and he was right. I mean, what he said was was exactly right. And you know, I was sitting there laughing. I said, maybe he ought to be the commissioner. That's <laughs> <You> exactly <know>? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Commissioner Urban, uh, he'd, uh, you know what? He kind of looks like commissioner like, doesn't he? Because I mean, you know, Urban. I mean, he doesn't put up with anything. No, well, he's he's you know he's all all about the players. I mean, mm-hmm. he always has. You know, I mean, he's 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 been fortunate. He's had some good administrators that he could connect with, mm-hmm. and and sometimes you know some of these guys get you know administrators, presidents, and stuff they really can't connect with, and it really hard it makes the job that much harder. Coach, I, I want to ask you because you have a very unique perspective being a high level Division One football coach. But with this season here not happening in the fall in the Big Ten, at least as it stands right now, what would your fears be for your players uh, going through this fall and then maybe getting in a spring season? Well, you know, you know, the way the whole spring turned out, it just was a—I mean, it was a disaster from the start. I mean, there were so many things that were, you know, that went kind of wrong when you know and and they didn't know where they were going and they were told one week we're going to do this and the next week we're going to do that and then it then it flared up again and that you know maybe in one state and everybody got all worked up about it's coming back and you know and who knows about half of it probably was political anyway but the thing is is when you get into that kind of stuff you kind of you got to really sit down, and you got to sit down with the people around you, you know, and not. I don't think it's a one-man decision, you know, on a lot of this stuff. And um, but to go through the season and and to have this thing banging around, uh, there's no answer to it. I I can't see it. I cannot see a, a, a um, spring spring league at all. I just, I just can't. I can't fathom that you'd be, you know, there's too many, well, not too many, but there are some athletes, you know, they're heck they're involved with maybe basketball or maybe mm-hmm. baseball or maybe track or maybe, you know, and, and you're just messing them all up. And uh, so, you know, I think the thing is, is that they're going to dump it and they ought to do it the whole way and redo their eligibility for a year and, just hope like you have, you know, all state, uh, you know, go for scratch and you're going to lose a bunch of guys, though, um, without even ever playing. Yeah. Charlie and, McBride's uh, with us. Coach, I wanted a, a thought on just how – is it tough to, to live in a world where there may be a tug-of-war between the academic side and the athletic side – and I say that because this is what it feels like to me. Nebraska's on the same page, okay? The, the athletic department and the academic side of things, they're in concert, okay? Well, right. you, I don't know that that's the case at a lot of different Big Ten schools. I think it's that way. Uh, it sounds more like it's that way at Penn State where they're on the same page. 
it sounds like they're more uh, on the same page with uh, things in Iowa, in, in Ohio State. I mean, so, but to me, it sounds right. like the, the folks that are on the academic side are, are making the decisions for the athletic side without really hearing right. them. And is that, is, that a, is that a bad reality in the world of college well, athletics? <laughs> Let me tell you what, that's exactly what happens. You know, when you get, especially when you get a change in presidents and you're sitting over there wondering what this guy's like, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, Woody Varner, let's take him for example. Heck, he was over with the football office all the time. He came over with his wife and they'd sit and talk and, you know, he was part of the family. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's just the way he made everybody feel in the university that they were all part of something. I think there are guys that would just as soon get rid of athletics, you know, sometimes. And, and you know, I think that's a mistake when you uh, hire somebody. I think that's a, not, a good, not a good idea. But it, I think one of the things that I noticed that we did, not only did we have did the people stand behind, the professors and stuff stand behind us when it goes back when Tom put a lot of his money into the program mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, started the academic center and things like that, and they saw what we were doing for the for the kids, and you know, and we got a lot of them over there. They actually, some of them were tutors, you okay. know, at times, and uh, so they t- we took uh, one on a trip every week time. And I remember a professor coming to me, and after we had a meeting, and he said, "Holy smokes, I didn't know they had to learn that much." He said, "I can't believe it," mm. and you know, he was so impressed that, you know, it wasn't just the academic, learning about academics. They had academics, and he, he realized what, you know, these kids are trying to do two things at once. And he had a lot more respect for, you know, the the, the time that's put in. I remember we had one player who was who you wouldn't think is very smart because he's pretty aloof and, and so forth. And he would get up 10, 15 minutes before the class, and he'd just get up and walk out. And he called over, and you know I was going to choke him when I saw him. <laughs> before I really did, I thought about it for a while, and he called me about a week later, and he said, "I just wanted to tell you, he got the highest grade on the test, so <laughs> he can watch time he wants." That's and so it funny. A, it, was, it was in engineering, and it was, you know, I, so. So anyway, that's you know that's some of the things they find out, and I think. You know, the, the academic All-American stuff, I think mm-hmm. that, I think the professors and some of these people take some pride in it. I you know, think they do. It's not just one part, but it's, you know, or it adds to the whole university. Well, it just feels like there may be some, the, the president's trying to wrestle control away. And it is about health and safety, I get that, but there's also uh, who's who's got the power, you know, that that type of right. thing. So. Yeah, but, well, I can, you know, Colorado has a, has a, has a, a, a bunch of rules in the state where mm-hmm. you can only make so much money. So a lot of their coaches, when they get jobs over there, they can't, they can't work it out where they can get paid as much. Or sure. I don't, they can't have contracts and they can't do this. And I mean, all that stuff should have been straightened out a long time ago. And the Board of Regents over there just to kind of put the screws to it and never let it happen. And, uh, you know, those kind of things, if you're not going to work with each other, mm. 
you know, I don't know how you get it done. Charlie McBride's with us. Coach, we'll talk next Monday, and it was fun to get caught up. Thanks for a few minutes today. Okay. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Hang in there. You too, Coach. Thanks again. Uh, yep. Yeah, bye. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We say hi to Blackshirt Husker NFLer. Jay Moore, I don't know if that's the sound of like a golf ball sleeve emptying onto the pavement or did you chip one a little far and rattle a bird uh, house or two? How are no, you, Jay? No, I'm doing well. No, you, uh, you're at a cart and drive by. But I am, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little practice in this afternoon. A little practice, play, a little short game because that's always a, can never be too good. Out here enjoying a little bit of weather, getting outside, not trying to go crazy, reading about all this other stuff going around so, <laughs> in the Big Ten Conference and, and wherever else. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's uh, let's start there. You've got the athletic director for Penn State that has come out earlier today. You know, it's it's not clear there was ever a vote or not to postpone till spring. You have the president from Minnesota echoing some of those thoughts. You've got Justin Fields with his petition. You've got parents from Nebraska, from Iowa, from Penn State, from Ohio State. I mean, this thing's getting hot. If I'm Commissioner Warren, you look bad, do you look worse? And tick off the people in charge that put you in that commissioner's chair by reversing your decision. How likely do you think it is that, hey, maybe maybe spring is punted and let's let's talk about fall again? Or is it just, uh, just Husker Nation and, and fans around college football that still are clinging to that hope? How, how confident are you, are you? That anything gets done. I mean, this is this is more than just some murmurs. There's a lot of ticked off people, Jay, in the span of a week. Yeah, it's hard because as much as I would like, I mean, let's be honest. What the Big Ten has done so far is, I mean, it is a disaster. It is a dumpster fire, and you can come up with a whole lot of other, a lot of more creative things. language usage. Yeah, yes, yes, and <laughs> a lot better ones. That, but you'll have to use the dump button on for me. But uh, <laughs> if that happens, let's just say, what, what does that do? If he comes out and says, "Hey, you know, we my bad, rush, <laughs> we rushed a judgment here. We had should have taken. We had time was on our side. We still have time on our side. Does that make Commissioner Warren and the Big Ten look?" even more discombobulated or does it actually make them seem that they use their minds and their brain to make a decision? I I don't know. To me, it almost seems like you're going to make this big decision, but then you're going to come back on it and say, hey, we're, we're, you know what? If you want to play, go out and play and do your own thing. If you want to play from the Big Ten schools, you want, you know, the Ohio State, Michigan, Nebraska, Iowa, Penn State, you know, you guys want to play each other, by all means, go ahead. If you want to go ahead and find three non-conference opponents, Go ahead. Do you want to play an eight-game season? Sure. Now, to me, great. That'd make everyone happy around here and Mm -hmm. in many other places um, in the Midwest. But that also makes them look even more a mess. And I think it does. I think it makes you look even more out of touch with with reality. And there's no leadership. There's no backbone to what's going on. I just – you get all the stuff coming out now. There wasn't really a vote per se. Mm -hmm. You know, you heard the Minnesota uh, president say that. And then, you know, Penn State's AD comes out and says, you know, they don't really know what was voted on or what's going on. So just a lot of things are just – you just scratch your head and you just go, hmm. It always reflects your leadership and how strong you are as a team, as an organization, as a group. So now what I'm gathering out of all this is 
you know what, maybe the Pac-12 and Big Ten, they don't really have their stuff together as well as they seem. You know who might? The Big 12, ACC, SEC. And who knows if things are going to get played, but at least they can come and not rush and use information, use data, not be driven by skewed numbers or political reasons or whatever it may be. So they know how big of an impact it's not only on the universities, but the cities that they're involved in and, and people's livelihoods and peace of mind and all this stuff. And it just, it's a dumpster fire, Smitty. It just, I have, that's the best word to explain it. You just didn't. The funny thing is, it's been, you know, almost a week since we made the decision. And Kevin Warren was on the Big Ten Network. He really didn't even answer any questions there by Dave Revs, and he just danced around them. Nothing's come out. At least I'll give the Pac-12 credit. They've come out and said, hey, this is why, this is our reasoning for why we think we need to be, you know, football will not be played and we'll try it in the, in the spring. Um, and the Big Ten just doesn't have anything. For as smart and respected as the Big Ten, our schools are, you know, respected nationally for what they do and the research and, you know, these top-level schools. I, I, we sure can't come together and have some smart decisions and some something to present this is why we made this decision. We don't have that yet. It's just baffling. It's, um, it's as simple as transparency and communication, right? <laughs> two, th- two things that sound real easy to do but are hard for some. 100%. If you're going to make these decisions and then you go on Big Ten Network and you can't answer those questions, then what the hell are we doing here in the first place? Like, if you're going to make that decision, you better be damn sure you can answer all the hard questions because they're coming. Stand up and just say, hey, and own it. And own the damn thing. If you're going to make the decision, own it and say, this is why. It's all about health and safety. You know, BS. Jay Moore's with us. Hail Varsity Radio co-host Big Red Wrap Up, his podcast, More To It. He sat down with Jason Peter in the latest episode that's uh, must hear. But Desmond Howard trolled a few Nebraska fans and blocked others. Where's he at when it comes to to Michigan's folks coming forward and kind of echoing what Nebraska and Coach Frost had to say? Yeah, well, he's busy taking his foot out of his mouth. Because it's stuck in there you know, after he went on and blasted Nebraska. And now he's like, oh, whoopsies. Apparently that's okay because, you know, the Michigan and Ohio State are the blue bloods of the, of the Big Ten, so they get a pass. But if we want to speak up and, you know, it's, oh, we need to apologize and you <laughs> got to get kicked out. You know, they should be kicked out of the conference. Well, obviously he, he can't, again, own his comments. He's blocking everybody, it looks like, from the state of Nebraska, which is hilarious. But uh, on, on Instagram, or excuse me, on Twitter. But, uh, again, if you're going to say these comments, own it. Own it and just say, hey, you know what, spoke it along. I made a mistake or do something, but that's just, he made a mistake. This is kind of the whole problem anyways, is with the national media, you have to kind of sensationalize. You have to say something crazy nowadays because it's 24-7 coverage. You want to cause a, a stir, and, and he did. He did. That's, that's what he's trying to do, and that's what ESPN wanted to do. Good job. Great job. But come on, man. Like, this is this is much more than, you know, playing a game of football. This is people's careers. This is livelihood. This is jobs. This is... This is funding for other programs in the universities, and we're just standing up for what we believe in. And if they want to, you know, take their their smug, you know, Big Ten and their Northwesterns and Michigans, whatever they can, they can fine, whatever. So it's not like we're going anywhere. And it's all crazy. It's uh, nothing really is adding up and making sense right now in this conference. If you were in a position as a senior. What would you do? And I'm asking that question because you got guys like Deontay Williams and Hymas and, and other seniors. If your only chance to play senior ball was to look at a Big 12 or an SEC or an ACC school as we speak, would you? Or would you take the, the extra year of eligibility, assuming you couldn't go in that first couple of rounds of the NFL draft? It would have been hard for me just because this would be a Nebraska kid. This is what I wanted to do since, you know, I was six years old to go and leave. Now, you know, this is a business decision for a lot of these kids. How, what's the, you know, realistic chances of them playing at the next level? And 
I think Hymas is, is has a really good shot. So you take the extra year eligibility, or because that's just the thing is anymore. What's you don't even know what's guaranteed anymore. You know, mm-hmm. obviously the spring isn't isn't uh, isn't any guarantee. But if you know if you have a chance to go and to the NFL and you got a you're, hey you know you'll be a first to third round draft pick or a second to third round draft pick. That's where I'm saying. You know what I. I got to hold myself out and not play in the spring or just say I'm declaring right now and just I'll go to school this, this, this fall and, and get my, take care of that, my business that way. And then I'm going to get ready for the combine come, come January 1st or whenever I'm done, you know, with school. So that's, that's tough. And that's why I've said, that's why I don't think spring football is a great idea because it cheapens the product. It's not your best players aren't going to play. And I know it's, you're still going to get eyes, but it's just, it's not going to be as good as what it, it should be. Um, and I can't blame those kids for making those decisions because, let's be honest, when you get that opportunity, that and that's a once in a lifetime opportunity, you got to capitalize on it and, and take advantage. So, you, it's hard. I mean, unless you know you are truly um, invested in what Coach Frost and, and the university is doing. I mean, you have the patience and you want to, you love the college atmosphere like I did. Uh, maybe, maybe you stay patient with it and you play, but that's that's a hard decision to make. You know, when you got agents and, and people in your ear saying, hey, you know, you're going to be a second round, a second or third round draft pick, that's, you know, that's X amount of dollars. Um, there's no guarantee that that's going to come around again, you know, the following year. So, because obviously things can change, but it's, it's a really hard decision um, that I don't, <laughs> that's, you know, I, I would stay if I put myself in that situation looking back. I would have stayed just because I like, I love Nebraska. I wanted to play all as much as I could. I'd, hell, I'd still go back there and play if I could. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's, it's really, really hard. And I know a lot of people are already making these decisions. A lot of great players around, around the country are already making these decisions. And um, I, I hope that they, you know, get, get, get the right information from the right people. And, again, don't rush the decision and, and, and speak to the right things and take their time. Because obviously they have plenty of time on their hands now. But uh, if they wanted to go and preserve and, and, and not take the risk, I, I, I really can't blame them at all. Jay, a uh, last thought. Uh, you had a, an outside linebacker decommit, Will Schweitzer, really talented and versatile kid. Uh, is, is it panic time for Nebraska with, uh, I mean, who knows, recruiting 2021, good luck. I mean, it's just a crazy right. situation you're in, but you know how many outside backers, you know, end guys Nebraska needs. Uh, I think they'll be able to make up that ground. This kid uh, ended up, I mean, it was a pretty heartfelt message to the Nebraska staff, and uh, Notre Dame is playing ball right now as we talk. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, Notre Dame does a good job of California. Yeah, it's, it's, it was a tough one. I mean, obviously, you gained another uh, a good receiver after yeah. after he left uh, from Florida. But yeah, when you're you're playing a three four defense, outside linebacker is key, and that's you know, arguably one of the most important positions in a three four is the outside linebacker position. So you need some bodies. You need a guy. You got to get a pass rusher, a guy that can set the edge and, and do both, drop the coverage and and and, and uh, get after the quarterback. So hopefully, they got you know a backup plan. You know and. And someone to go after, but this is that's just another key component going on now is recruiting. I mean, you can't get kids into campus. That's just the biggest thing. And people from who've never been to Lincoln, Nebraska, they're probably thinking it's a small farm town or you know surrounded by you know a bunch of well, it kind of is surrounded by a bunch of cornfields. But it's but, the best damn you know, sweet corn yeah. there is, my friend. <laughs> right, right. But uh, once they get here, like, whoa, it's actually you know a city and. Got a lot of people living here, and it's fun, and the atmosphere, and 
and but it's hard. You can't get kids here, and he hasn't. He still hasn't even seen the place, so that's, that's tough. So um, you know, I can't can't fault the kid at all. I'd ever like to. And he's got to do what's best for himself, but Nebraska's got to make up some ground because they still want to be able to run that three four man. They got to they they gotta get some studs rushing the passer. And like if, if he was going to develop to be that guy, I don't know. But uh, you know, if Notre Dame's knocking and calling on him, you know he's a he's a damn good football player. So hopefully Nebraska can make up that ground somewhere else. Jay, have a good week, brother. Happy belated birthday, and we'll talk again. Thanks, mate. Gotta love Blackshirt Husker NFL or Jay Moore. Some thoughts there. So we have an attorney throwing his hat into the ring on behalf of Big Ten players. We'll tell you about that coming up on Hale Varsity. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Well, you know, things are going poorly for you if you're the Big Ten commissioner. If Pat Forty (laughs) is penning an article, column, that says, Big Ten, you've got some explaining to do. Dude, just be fair and balanced out of the gate. He's done a complete 180 since last week, hasn't he? Everybody has. Greenberg, Mike Greenberg. Uh, you heard Greeny lead into us this morning because he's got a new time slot. Back on radio. He put a poll up. And he's like, look, if, if you're not playing ball in the Big Ten or the Pac-12, should you be allowed to, to go play other teams? Let's see if it moves towards that. Because here's what I think is going to happen. I think Coach Frost will keep his guys ready to ball, okay? And I think the guys that are serious about football will stay away from the student body. Now, I know you guys have started classes, right, Elijah? But it's it's just online this week. Yeah, so basically uh, today I read three syllabi. Yeah. I called yeah. it a day. Okay. So that, that's so, pretty much what this first So it is. was it was Bro Tank Monday. I, I got you. Yeah, I didn't leave my house until I came here. That's so. fine. No, yeah, we had hoops. That's good. Um, so... Here's what's also kind of crusty. <laughs> You've got North Carolina that said, yep, we're going we're gonna to allow students on campus. Going to take that tuition check. Going to take that housing check. Oh. Positivity rates sky high. Oh. You've got a, several hundred new cases. Again, man, uh, it's, it's just, it comes down to, are you staying away from one another and are you you got a new freaking saliva test that's going to run you four bucks that's out there yeah thanks for the nba for that one yeah well you got to give back it's <laughs> capitalism at work right there it is nba's got it got to do that now i did get this heads up the nba is not going to have i don't i think they've canceled their all-star game in indianapolis next next year for 2021 so they are not going to do anything outside a bubble. We talk about health and safety. Okay, very true. Vince Powers annihilated the thought of liability. And I listened to Vince on that. Vince Powers Law. Check that interview out ESPNLincoln.com with, with Vince from Friday. But here's what, here's what may be the, the root of this. And again, we're talking to, to Rob Zadiska, Dr. Rob. We'll air that tomorrow. He's busy dude. He's a doctor. 
So we'll we'll talk with him after the show tonight, and we'll air that for you tomorrow. But it comes down to amateurism. You can declare undergraduates or folks that are graduate students still amateurs. If you're the NCAA and folks that that make and take a lot of money with these kids playing high-level football for our entertainment and our devotion as football fans, and the the arguments, all right, you're going to be okay to give the concession of name, image, and likeness. But when it comes to asking kids to go play ball, when the regular student body is not on campus, North Carolina, it's all online, then you've got a gripe from an employment standpoint. Frontline employees, right? And now let's take it a step further with this employment situation and this amateur status. Can you ask college kids to go live? College coaches can say, hey, dude, this is what's best for you, say health and safety-wise. Be in a room six feet apart from your roommate. Two of you get in the elevator, that's it. Stand a ways away from one another. But as a college or university, can you, can you do a bubble under the umbrella of amateurism? I mean, the NBA's got a bubble. MLB wishes they had a bubble. The NFL, we'll see what they do. The NHL has a bubble, has sites set up to do this. Orlando, NBA. That's that's the rub. How much control do you want to give over? How much money is it going to cost you? And then is this thing, all the the can of worms opened up and you never get this thing back? Because right now, you're taking some hits. People think you're pompous. People think you're two-faced. Folks say you're greedy and you're exploitive and, and all those things. Kids do get a lot from playing college football. Academics, gear, room and board, and it's 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 not a it's not a it's not even a two to one ratio. It sure as hell isn't one to one. It's probably like an eight to one return on the investment for the colleges or universities. When you get down to it, if we're talking about Ohio State or LSU or, or pick a school that's going to the playoff or Oregon. It's not even. It's not even close to being compensatory. So the next move is to see what sports attorney Tom Mars does. He was on ESPN uh, Sirius XM College Playbook a little earlier today. And he is going to take action on the Big Ten. Say it with me. Freedom of Information Act. He is going to get all of that info. We're talking texts. We're talking financials. We're talking emails into this decision to postpone. This is the attorney, Tom Mars. It's not going to work for anybody to hide behind the FERPA law or any other law. And what's more, I'm not sure that Big Ten knows this, but one way or the other, the players and the parents are going to get their hands on at least most of the information that was available to the Big Ten when they voted on this decision. If they did vote, maybe they didn't. Then people might wonder, how are they going to do that? 
it's not only simple, it's the next step in the process. And I'm actually on the verge of uh, coordinating a massive request for emails, text messages, presentations, and financial analyses from all member institutions in the Big Ten, and they'll be required to produce those under the Freedom of Information statutes. So what's going to happen next? Well, one of two things. First, the member institutions will either resist or they'll say we don't have anything, and that'll create a whole different set of problems for them. Or they'll produce the information and allow the parents and the players and all the stakeholders and fans to interpret, and sports writers, by the way. It's probably not a good idea for the commissioner to let that information be produced piecemeal that way and then let all the fans and all the critics, all the sports writers, all the players and parents interpret that information as best they can. Why wouldn't the commissioner proactively release that information and explain it and put it in context? One of the things I learned a long time ago when I was at Walmart is that transparency is the foundation of legitimacy. And given the really inexplicable lack of transparency by the Big Ten since making its decision, it's no wonder that people are questioning the decision to cancel fall football. And in my view, the longer Kevin Warren resists calls for transparency, the more likely it is that he's going to have a very short tenure as college football commissioner. Bang. There he is. Tom Mars, sports attorney. And that shot fired about just the length of Commissioner Warren in the Big Ten. We'll wind down on Monday next. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Okay, give me a, uh, a quick preview, Elijah Herbal. The short and sweet version of the NBA postseason. Clippers are now the favorite. Do you buy that? No. No. If you're betting against LeBron in the playoffs, you're an idiot. Okay. I, I will say, though, that this is the most wide open the playoffs has been in years. You and you've known previously, oh, Golden State's going to make it. Wherever LeBron's at, he's going to make it. Sure, and that's your, that's your final. I mean, and then you had, you had Kawhi last year with Toronto. And that, that made things a little different. But at the same time, you still knew that Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, the Splash Bros, were going to make it. And this year, I mean, just look at the Western Conference. Anyone in that top eight could make the, the finals, and I wouldn't be surprised. Who's your dark horse and who's your favorite? Uh, I'll give you a dark horse and a favorite for each conference. Favorite for the West is obviously the Lakers. Mm -hmm. You don't want to bet against LeBron, especially now that he has AD. Uh, My dark horse team, though, in the West, I don't know. I think the Trailblazers could make some noise. You think they could could take out LA? I think that they are going, if they can give the Lakers a run for it in the first two games, they got to steal one of those first two. Mm -hmm. Then I think that game can go seven, or that series can go seven. Uh, and then I'm, I'm just avoiding talking about the Nuggets because that's my team. And I don't want any favoritism to come in here. Uh, but you, you look at the East, uh, it's a little less wide open, but still, I mean, anyone in the top three, Celtics, Raptors, or Bucks, I could see making it to the finals. Those are the three teams. Sixers down in sixth have a little bit of a tougher route. they got to make it through the Celtics in the first round. But I also There's just some old-fashioned East Coast hate going on to open up with Philly and Boston. And that's, that's going to be a great series. Uh, I mean, this is one of the better years in terms of first-round matchups in the playoffs. I love it. The West, there's not a single matchup that I think, oh, man, that team's the favorite. I think any team in the West could win in the first round. Do you like Milwaukee 
Is that who you're circling? I do. Giannis is Giannis. He's He's gotten a little bit better, too, from distance. A little bit. I mean, that's not a bread and butter for him, but at least he's not just old man Y-ball. And the thing with Giannis is he's just so dangerous inside that the defense has to collapse, and they have enough shooters around him that that team can beat anyone. So you're just not on the Clippers wagon, huh? Clippers I'm not with right now. Uh, Vegas is? Vegas is. I'm not. Kawhi Leonard hasn't looked great since the bubble restart. Uh, Their offense hasn't been clicking really like you think it should. I'm I'm not on the Clippers bandwagon, but I I do think that the West is wide open, and if the Clippers made the final, I wouldn't be surprised. But they're not my pick. I mean, they they got a tough matchup in the first round with the Mavericks. I wouldn't want to go up against Luca this year. Luca's great, and then if they win that series, they have to go up against either the Jazz or the Nuggets in the next round. Mm. No, and 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 Utah's fun, but Denver's just loaded. Denver's got so deep. Yeah. I mean, Denver's second stringers could be starters a lot of places in the NBA. Dude, if you can distribute those minutes and everyone's got a role and they're really pretty good at, at their versatility because they got, they got bodies that can shoot and score and rebound. They're also, the thing I like about Denver is they're not just ultra, ultra fluff. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, some, there's some backbone to them. Uh, go watch the highlights from that Jazz game today. They, I mean, I've got them on. Whenever Donovan Mitchell puts up 57 points and you can still find a way to get the win, yeah, that's a great yeah. way to start the playoffs. It is. We will uh, spend more time. Rob Zadiska tomorrow, Husker legend and doctor. Mitch Sherman with us. Thanks to Charlie McBride, uh, our friend Jay Moore, Greg Smith. Talk to you tomorrow at 4.